Hello and welcome back to Watching Friends. We're here with season three, episode 20, the one with a chick and a duck. Hi, I'm Ryan, and I love you both just in very different ways. Hello, I'm Mark, and I can see you naked anytime I want. <laughs> just do <bleh. laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see you just close my eyes. Ooh, there you are, naked. I do love that scene. It's fantastic. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's an episode with, uh, I guess, two of our favourite characters that we don't get a lot of time with. What, the chicken and the, the duck? The chicken and the duck, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the chicken and the duck. Uh, but we open uh, with Phoebe and Rachel pushing Monica back and forth between each other outside Central Park, and Monica is on some roller skates. Um, she needs them there for work, as Phoebe put the idea of roller skates in the suggestion box at the stupid diner she works at. Yeah, this makes me think of the Simpsons episode where he's like, no more cat and no more apples in the uh, candy machine, please. And he's like, oh, put lots of apples in there. Like... <laughs> Yeah, suggestion boxes are, you know, never, never a good idea, right? I mean, I've never known them get filled with anything other than sarcastic comments yep. or jokes. Yeah. Um, like we've had them in workplaces where I've worked before. Like, oh, what could improve your day, staff? And we've put like more money, yeah. fewer hours, <laughs> like things that are never realistically yeah. going to happen. Um, but Gunther comes out to give Rachel a drink, and this momentary distraction causes Monica to crash into Rachel as they tumble to the ground with Monica landing on top of Rachel. Uh, they're groaning on the ground as Joey steps outside. He likes what he sees, and the girl shoot him a look. I mean, yeah, I have never been to a restaurant that has roller skating. Whenever I've seen it on TV, it has generally been, oh, that does not look safe, like when they're carrying all the food and drinks and whatever. Especially it's like uh, people that I know who have been waitresses or waiters they don't just carry a plate to you, which is what I would want to do. They're like, I've loaded up with eight different things. Like, if I did that, I would spill it all everywhere. Yeah, like, you'd need to be a very good skater any period yep. and then have to try and balance a tray at the same time. And whilst like, avoiding stupid customers and kids and whatever wandering in front of you. Yeah. Like, I'm fairly confident I could serve what ice skating. Okay. Um, don't that, want to test that. That would be a strange restaurant. It would. <laughs> but on rollerblade, on roller skates, definitely not. Oh. It's a very 70s thing in my head as well, or like 70s, 80s yeah. thing. Like it's, what I ever think of is, um, oh, what's that movie? Ghostbusters Afterlife, the new one. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah, where the, the, there's like a roller, roller staff in that. Right. And I'm like, and the Flintstones, it makes me get the Flintstones. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Like, it's just a weird, weird dynamic anyway, but I don't it's, feel it's like... Very, it's very like 60s diner kind of look, isn't it? Which I guess suits what Monica's doing. Yeah. But the, the, the place she's working isn't that big to need or use roller skates. No, and plus the, the, the diner's weird. It seems more like 1950s Americana yeah. than, like, you know, retro 70s vibes. But also, what what kind of owner sees the suggestion? It's like, yes, roller, roller skates for everyone. Let's go. Yeah. That's quite a change in your business. And I, surely your insurance premiums are going up as a yes. business. Like, <laughs> suddenly people are going to be falling over and breaking their legs. Um, plus, I don't feel like it would enhance my dining experience knowing that the person wheeled the food to me. No, but being able to put money in the machine and making them all get up and dance. Yep, so <laughs> Yeah, I'd be there all day long. Uh, but let me get the titles. And now we're in the boys' apartment, and Joey comments on Chandler's facial hair. Apparently, he looks like Satan. And Chandler invites Joey to come with he and Ross, as he can't sit around crying about Kate all day. Well, yeah, this is going to go back to Matthew Perry's book again where he talks about the, the goatee, and that's when you can tell he's at rehab and on, you know, drugs and whatever. Fair. Because, uh, yeah, this is a very quick, stark change mm -hmm. to him. And, yeah, I'm watching these episodes now after reading the book, and we're going to discuss the book in a future podcast. 
uh, or maybe previous one, depending on when this comes out in relation to that. Fair. Uh, and yeah, I'm watching these episodes now with a different kind of eye to what he's doing and what he's acting and what he's saying. But yeah, it's, it is a strange look for him to just one day just change. And normally actors, they don't change their looks between episodes. Yeah, a lot of times they're contractually obliged not to. Yeah. So I, I wonder if like he's just like turned up one day looking like that and that this line was just kind of put in there and they're just like, yeah, just go with it. You're like, you look different to last week. Yeah, <laughs> like previously yeah. on Friends. He grew facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Chandler has been a real agony uncle of late. Uh, firstly, we have his talk on Ross's back about Rachel and how the relationship's over. And uh, now he's all helping Joey with the, you know, you can't, you can't mope forever. Yeah. It's quite sweet. Well, yeah, because Joey's growing up a little bit with, with Kate. Yeah, it's, it's very weird to see. I like seeing it this side of Joey, but it's, it's weird because you're just not what you think of when you think Joey. I don't know. We've had three seasons of Joey being Joey. So, yeah, it's about time he started to... Be a bit more like a normal person. Act like a big boy for a change. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then Ross enters, and he's got some news. Hi. Hey. I'm going to be on TV. No way. <laughs> yeah. They're putting together this panel to talk about these fossils they just found in Peru, and the Discovery Channel is going to film it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who's going to watch that? <laughs> Thanks. You ready to go? Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Saw a girl with that vest. Thanks. <laughs> Most of us think of chocolate bunnies and baskets as traditional Easter gifts. Some people insist on giving live chicks as presents. Unfortunately, the sad fact remains that most of these little guys won't live to see the 4th of July because as a result of improper care, they will be dead. Yeah, hi, you guys got any of those baby chicks? Because I was watching this uh, commercial on TV and man, those things are cute. <laughs> Yeah, kind of like the way like I was watching this commercial. <laughs> yeah, like, that was just TV. It must be an ad. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love the banter from Chandler here. Like, oh my God, who's going to watch that? Just, yeah. just, just typical supportive friends. Well, this is a, a kind of a key plot point later on in the episode, mm-hmm. which is, you know, shown here just as a throwaway line. I feel like they should have made a bigger deal with, you know, Ross is on the Discovery Channel. He's going to talking about dinosaurs and stuff yeah originally this clip was shorter and then i realized no we need this clip in here this line in here so you know you get some context for later on i guess um but yeah i mean to be fair and especially considering what the world was like in the 90s going on tv was a big deal yeah. it, like nowadays like so what i got youtube we got podcast like being exposed media wise isn't a big deal anymore and discovery channel was considered a good channel back then where you had actual you know, animal stuff and life and earth and whatever, rather than, you know, fat babies or... Unexplained UFOs. Yeah, or whatever, whatever yeah. trash that's on there now. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's a pretty big deal. And, you know, they're typically supportive of Roth's dinosaur love. Um, but then, obviously, we hear Joey inquire if he can buy a baby... Well, I say baby chick. It's just a chick. There's no <laughs> yeah. thing as a baby chick. It's just a chick. Um, have you ever bought anyone an animal, Mark? No, I've not. Uh, I once bought uh, a girlfriend uh, a, t- a stuffed toy cat, and I put it in a- an actual cat carrier, and I wrapped it all up, and I was oh, like, God. oh, right, uh, there's air holes in it. It's like, you've got to be quiet around this one, leave it there. And like her parents got a bit weird, because they was like, has he actually bought a cat? <laughs> Overstepping. Yeah, because I was like, it's asleep right now. That's why it's so quiet. You can open it in the morning. It's fine. Uh, but no, it's all fine. But um she she liked the idea of that, but no, I would never buy someone an animal. I think it's it's quite a big step. Fair. Whether they want it or not. Fair. Technically, I bought Jess a rat. 
Okay. Um, when we had our pet rats. Um, but as I probably mentioned before, she went from not wanting rats at all to about eight seconds of holding uh, water and then going, let's get them now. So we just bought rats. Okay. Was that funny? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm laughing very quietly. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was going to be another lesbian joke. No, no. Just, you went from eight seconds of... Just little fat, adorable yeah. rats. Like, no. No, no, uh, no gay jokes here. We've, we've you know, been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've never bought anyone like a giant animal and I definitely wouldn't do it just randomly as a surprise. Like, hi, Mark, here's a goat. Yeah. <laughs> like, Maybe I will get you a goat for Christmas. Okay, a goat. Yeah. Is that your first choice of animal, a goat? <laughs> yeah, I decided I'd get you a goat. Okay. It'd be different for other people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd get Chris a badger. Right. I'd get Neil a dog. Okay. Mostly because he's scared of them. Oh, right. Okay. So you could get over that. Right. <laughs> no one knows who these people are. No, but it doesn't matter. They don't know that so far I'm going to buy a goat, a badger, and a dog. Okay. There you go. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan's okay. I'm looking after him. He's fine. Badgers are cool. They get a bad rep. But they're cute. Little black and white grouchy things. I, I like feel, badgers. I feel, I feel we should get back on topic now. <laughs> it's just our tangent. It's just too far. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is, talking this about is animals. weird. This is animals are farming wood. This is weird. Um... But Monica is at work, and speaking of weird, Mark, she's now on work, on wheels, and Pete enters. He's back from a trip, and he's bought Monica some hotel toiletries from Japan. Uh, and they're going in a permanent collection. They, they were pretty big hotel toiletries. Normally get tiny little bottles. You do? I guess he was in a nice hotel. And it's Pete, yeah, he's going to yeah, be yeah. in a nice hotel. Monica is weird. Like, I know we know this, but having a permanent collection of a consumable product is the dumbest thing in the world yeah you need to use it i don't you have a collection of i don't know teapots i mean they should be used too but like, still like the only problem with that because everyone brings them back is you're like yeah you know i paid for it i'm going to use it is that you don't ever really use it again because you're like well i don't want to take it on holiday with me if there's not enough in there yep so really you have to use it at home to, to actually get some value out of it true plus there's occasional moments where friends dates itself. And when the second I saw those bottles, I went, not taking them on a plane anymore. <laughs> no, no. They're far too big to, to not get checked in a bag, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but P has news. He's bought a restaurant and he wants Monica to be the head chef. Um, she and Rachel have a, Rachel have a chat about it. Uh, Monica still doesn't fancy Pete and she feels it would be wrong to accept the job as it's motivated by Pete's crush on her. Well, I don't know. Like he, he mentions like some other woman, right? He does during this bit but it's not very convincing uh but yeah he's just decided he wants to buy a restaurant yeah i, I mean a, a bit out there i mean he's got the money he can do whatever he wants right but it's it's very obvious what he's doing yeah i feel like you kind of got to give rich people a pass in some ways where it's like i bought a restaurant why don't know i'm rich <laughs> yeah like, but let me buy a lucky luck picking kit over over lockdown it was just like like why i just did like no i, I think that that's a completely different level in a restaurant compared to a lot picking it. Yes, I know you're not as uh, wealthy as him. Just, just a bit. But, you know, yeah, I think buying a restaurant, he'd, he'd have to at least be like, hey, you know, I really like the idea of doing this or whatever. Like, but he doesn't. He's just like, I bought a restaurant. You're now the chef. Enjoy. Yeah, like, uh, it's essentially Monica kind of projecting a little bit because in theory, it could just be Pete's tasted Monica's food for months at this point. He knows Monica's a good chef. He knows he'd make money with Monica being in a restaurant. It's just a sound investment. I feel like, yeah, that would be better if he put it that way. Of like, hey, like, I know you make good food. Although I don't know if he knows that because of where she works. I mean, I It's going to be pretty standard fare what she's making there. But if she's making that taste good, then <laughs> like, if you can elevate this diner ilk into, you know, tasty goodies, then... Yeah, it, he should have spoke to us and said like hey I'm thinking of buying a restaurant would you like to be the chef there then yes then he could have done it that way yeah 
Uh, but it's a tough one because I feel like Monica has been pretty open with Pete about her lack of attraction to him at this point. So it's not like Monica needs to feel like she's led him on or is taking advantage because it's all off his own back at this point. Yeah. Um, but again, as we've mentioned before, in 2022, Pete's behavior kind of hits a little bit toxic. Um, but then I, I, is- I don't know. This is on a different level. Who, who else buys a restaurant for the girl they like? Well, it's just an example of, like, I guess, coercion, isn't it? In the sense of it's like, oh, look, I've done this thing. Um, I bought, I bought get- you flowers. You need to do something nice in return. For yeah, it. it's like, it's essentially like, oh, I'm going to put my, I'm going to use my power, essentially, in this instance, wealth, to put you in a vulnerable position, essentially. Like, what happens if. Well, you- especially if she takes the job and then he gets rid of her. Yeah, well, I mean, you would imagine it going down a bit of a, you know, a, a dark path in the sense of, well, he buys the restaurant, she gets her dream job, she's at work, he makes a move, he fires her. Like, yes. It wouldn't be in the realms of impossibility for that situation to arise. No. Um, again, not saying Pete's necessarily like that, but it's especially nowadays. It's where your brain goes when you're thinking about it. Yeah, there was a there was a program on Channel Four, which was um, it was about gold diggers, and it's so Channel Four does all these kind of slightly out there documentaries looking at people's lives, and it's about women who date men for money but don't actually go anywhere on the date with them. So, you know, they'll get an apartment paid for them. They'll get mobile phone paid for them. They will meet up with the guy and go on massive shopping sprees. And then as soon as the guy wants anything more than to just hang out of them, they ditch them sort of thing. Um, And it kind of feels a a little bit like that in a way of like, you know, she could take advantage of Pete, but then at some point he's going to want something in return. Yeah. And what would happen in this program is the men would get very angry when the women were not like giving anything in return back. And you could see that certainly happening here where he's like, well, you know, I've given you the dream job and everything. Like what more do I need to do? Yeah. Like anytime it appears transactional. Yes. It's weird. I mean, there's always the old cliche about how, you know, oh, men pay for sex one way or another, yeah. um, which is very cynical, <laughs> but there's a difference between, you know, Oh, you know, I, I took her on some dates or, Oh look, I bought a restaurant. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Um, what would you do in this situation, Mark, though? If someone who was attracted to you offered you your dream job, would you take it or would you let kind of moral issues I get think, in the way? I think, I think it's a tough one, right? Because if he's offering her a lot of money as well, she could be like, yeah, I will take advantage of this situation herself, right? There's, there's nothing saying that she can't take advantage as long as she's got a plan B for when it all comes crumbling down, I guess. Like, Fair. yeah, I'll take the money while, whilst I can get it. This could be great for a couple of months. Maybe maybe she's like, I can lead him on for a few months. I mean... Uh, it's, it's a very difficult one to, to think about. I mean, Monica clearly isn't planning to do that because she's already had the conversation about, you know, she doesn't want to lead him on, take advantage, and it, the, this all is all motivated by Pete's mm. crush. So I feel like Monica's morals are pretty spot on. But at the same time, how much of it is her really her responsibility and like would she be leading him on like it's a tough one because he might say he might think yes she's taking advantage or leading me on or letting me think there's something there but then she's directly told him multiple times there isn't no. so at that point it becomes a test of pete's character i guess if monica was to say yes i'll be in your restaurant and then he hits on her well that's definitely a pete failing and not a monica failing. Yeah, exactly um but phoebes and chandler are chilling at the boys place and i just like seeing phoebes and chandler hang out like they don't get up to much but no. i like the idea that that's happened off you know off screen uh, but then Joey gets home with a gift. Hey! Hey! I got you something. Open it, open it. Okay. <laughs> it's a chicken. 
cute, huh? Whoa, 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 you guys, do you know anything about chicks? Foul? No. Women? No. Okay, well, they are a huge responsibility, especially at this age. They require constant care. They, they need just the right food and lots and lots of love. Oh, well, no problem now. <laughs> Easy, Lenny. Right, I have issues. All of Phoebe's dialogue here doesn't seem remotely Phoebe. It's far too responsible and not excited and quirky enough. Yeah. Yes, Phoebe loves animals and is vegetarian, granted. But this just sounds like the legal department, uh, the network just went, you need to explain that animals aren't fun pets. You don't want to get sued if someone <laughs> yeah. buys an animal and flushes it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, just, it just sounds like someone's going, don't buy pets, children. <laughs> it's just, just weird. It doesn't seem like Phoebe at all to me. No. And this has very much vibes of Ross and his monkey. Marcel. Yes. Yep. Uh, where it's just like, hey, you know, what can they do now? Quirky pet time. And it fits the show oddly. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't stand out quite as weird as Marcel. Maybe, maybe he like has, has softened some edges by being on the show. It is still weird, though, that they've just gone, yeah, they're going to have some weird pets for some reason. Yeah, I feel like it fits the boys. A chicken and a duck fit the boys better than a monkey fit Ross. Um, but yeah, it is like, oh, we're going to have... Lesser comedies would definitely have brought these in as like something hilarious to happen. Yeah. And they turn out not to be hilarious. It's a bit like when you have babies on TV shows. It's like, oh, the, the couple have had their baby now and that's around baby stuff and it's not as funny. Yeah, most of the time it's just there. Yeah. <laughs> or, or disappears. Yeah. So. <laughs> like Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Ben. <laughs> um, but Pete's now having lunch at the diner again and he has some news for Monica as well as wanting to know if she's thought about his offer. So, I mean, have you thought about it? Okay, here's the thing. Oh, no, not the thing. I hate the thing. What's the thing? I can't do it. I'm sorry. Oh, I wish I could, but, um... See, you have these feelings for me. Wait, wait, it... wait, wait. That's, that's what you're worried about? If that's the problem, we've got no problem. Huh? No, like, I was going to tell you this over dinner, but I, I met somebody else on my trip. Oh? Her name's Ann. She's a journalist. Uh, we met on the plane. She asked me if she could finish off my peanuts. I thought she said something else. We had a big laugh. <laughs> yeah, I just, I mean, I got, I got tired of waiting. Well, that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm so happy for you. And now I can work for you. I guess you can. Oh, my God. Oh, this is incredible. Oh. All right, you know what? I'm just going to roll right in that office and, and quit. All right. Okay. Could you give me a little push? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Good luck. I'm quitting. Woohoo! I'm okay. I'm all right. So, Pete met someone else. Yeah, I said it earlier, and obviously he hadn't let on at that point. No. Nope. Uh, but yeah, so he's met someone else apparently. I kind, um, I kind of, I kind of, <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's very obvious when people. I'm like, hey, I love you, but I've met someone else. And it's like, you know, you haven't. Like, Ross does this a lot. You know what? I feel like Pete does this really, he delivers this so casually that it's believable. You think so? I think if I was Monica, I'd have fell for it. Especially because she probably wants to a little bit so she can accept the dream yes. job. Like, but Phoebe's eavesdropping that entire time at the counter. And she's on to Pete. And he's a lie. 
and it's just a ploy to get closer to money. Yeah, I, f- I f- think it's obvious, you know, you don't drop it like that, the way he's done it. It's like, oh, I just messed up. He was far too casual about it. Well, I don't know how long he's been gone. So in my mind, he'd been gone like three or four weeks. Right. So if he was just going to drop it as like a, yeah, I met someone else, it's not as big a deal as if it's in a two days before. But I've just bought a restaurant there. I want you to be the head chef at. Maybe I'm gullible. <laughs> yeah. Am I just too trusted? <laughs> yeah, you're just gullible. <laughs> um, but okay, Mark, we are now into full-on toxic territory. Uh, lying to me, Plet Monica, into us, accepting the job. Skip, hard pass, down with Pete. He's dead to me. Uh, like, I get why he's doing it, because he, he wants to win her over by buying her a restaurant and her falling in love with him because he's such a great person to be around and with and stuff. But yeah, he's, he's lying to try and make it easier for him. Mm-hmm. Not realising actually the lie makes it more difficult. Well, obviously we use the phrase toxic, which is, I guess, is a, is a buzzwordy phrase nowadays. Um, but I've mentioned before about the kind of the soft toxicity of shows like Big Bang Theory, where the boys get away with behavior that normal, like typically threatening men yes. wouldn't. And Pete's very much doing like the kind of soft boy, not threatening manipulation. Like, this isn't aggressive. No. He's not, you know, Monica doesn't feel like she's in danger, but he's still lying to her to manipulate him into making a choice. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's, you know, just as bad, I guess. Yeah. Like, at this point in time, she's made her feelings known multiple times that she's not interested. He's tried a couple of times, fair enough, right? Because sometimes there is the whole, you know, try harder, stupid. But he's tried harder. She's still said no. He should have moved on by this point. Not try even harder by buying a restaurant and then lying, saying, oh, no, I've met someone else. I have zero interest in you. You're, you're dead to me. Yeah. It, to me, it's one of those things where, where people accept it based on if it's successful or not. So provided Pete gets what he wants in the end, I feel like mainstream world narrative would be, oh, isn't it a cute story? You know, Maybe, they finally yeah. ended up together. And, and you kind of forgive the... The, the, the poor behaviour because it paid off in the end. Like, oh, they're happy together now, so all of the nonsense before that is eradicated because now they're a happy couple. Yeah. If this doesn't go that way and he makes a move on Monica and fires him and you find out she lied, he's a giant creep and he's a horrible yes. and no one should ever talk to him ever again. So I feel like... It's there always- is a, there's a very fine line between, between being attractive and creepy. Yep. It just... To me, this is creepy. Yes. This is in creepy territory and it's... To me, it's still... Pete doesn't know monica that well he knows monica casually at best even if he has been having lunch there for a while yeah um she's already told him that she's not interested he's taken her on several dates including to freaking rome um he's definitely not used to getting told no i don't think and i don't think he can accept being told no and i'm it makes me not like him that he lies to monica about this especially given what the fallout could be based on what this means to Monica. Yeah. So if someone fancied me, maybe it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, Ryan, you know, would you like to write, I don't know, Spawn for six months? I'd be like, hell yes. And then when I don't put out, I get fired. That's my dream job gone. I'm yep. going to be like, right, so not only have I lost a friend who lied to me, I've now lost my dream job. That's going to be like a combo of devastation yep. that's way worse than You may never else. recover from it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, so yeah, I'm definitely with the down with Pete at this point. That's fair. Um, uh, I wonder what our listeners think. I think I think they probably, they, they should write in and let us know. I think the MCU is going to partly soften these blows for people. I think be, <laughs> John Favreau is such a liked person outside of being Pete, yeah. given that he's happy in the MCU. 
As in, he plays yeah. the character happy, not these. In, in Iron Man and other films. Yeah. And John Favreau is just liked in general for like his work on the Mandalorian yeah. and stuff. He's he's a liked person. I feel like people look at it and you don't see Pete. You see John you, Favreau. You, you see slightly overweight, happy guy who's fun to be around. Yeah. So I feel like people are like, no, it's fine again because it's a soft, it's a soft aggression. Yes. It's not. He's not like do me right now, woman. When you be like, oh my god, what a weirdo. Yeah. But because he's kind of dorky and a bit. Milady, would you perhaps? You know, come on, come with me on an enchanted date. I mean, yeah. He's not tipping his fedora. No, he's yeah. not, but he's close <laughs> yeah. enough. But yeah, so I feel like you, you, you get, it gets softened a bit and people accept that more. Well, why don't you let us know at watchingfriends.com. There's a little contact form there. Or at watchfriendspod on Twitter, if it still exists in a week's time. Or Facebook. Uh, tell us what you think of Pete. Yeah, we want to know. And look at that, we snuck the socials in. We did, uh, yes. We're sneaky too. We're <laughs> yeah. just like Pete. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with that, let's have a quick break. Mark and I create this podcast in our own time, and we'd love to bring you more content. To do that, we need your support. Join the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Our £5 tier, also available in dollars, will get you the ad-free version of the show, access to the exclusive content, such as our episode all about James Michael Tyler, our top 10 rankings of everything from the best episodes to our favourite guest stars, and our exploration of all the weird and wonderful Friends merch, Friends Fest, and much more. And beginning at the end of January, Mark and I will delve into the fantastic spin-off series, Joey, only available to patrons, help shape the future of our content with access to our Patreon polls, we're there for you. Be there for us and the rest of the Watching Friends community at patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Well, we're back. And we're back at the boys. Chandler is singing Old MacDonald to the chick as Joey gets home. <laughs> Joey calls the chick a she, but the boys can't actually tell what she is. It is. He is. He is. They is. Yeah, the animal is. Uh, anyway, I gotta go change. I'm uh, meeting some of the cast for drinks. Excuse me? What? I stayed home from work today while you were at rehearsal so somebody could be here with our chick. Hey, who was up from 2 o'clock this morning until 5 o'clock this morning trying to get her back to sleep? You don't think I get up when you get up? Oh, here it comes. Yes, here it comes. I'm stuck here all day. And then you come in and spend two seconds with us. And then expect to go off gallivanting with your friends? Well, I don't think so, mister. Hey, I need to relax, okay? I was working all day. And you don't think taking care of our chick is work? <laughs> That's not what I said, okay? I just meant... I know what you meant. You notice that ever since we got this chick, we've been fighting a lot more than we used to? I don't know, maybe we weren't ready to have a chick. I'll take her back tomorrow. You think we'll get our three bucks back? It's a very funny scene, and it's playing on typical relationship tropes. Mm -hmm. It does remind me of the time when Chandler and Joey kind of broke up and Joey went to get his own apartment yep. and all that. And it's like, oh, do we really need to do this whole, you know, they're in this kind of weird 
cohabiting relationship thing again. Yeah, it's. I think this works a lot better than the apartment stuff does. Um, that was really weird. Bit, well, this was just like one scene, one moment. Yeah, but the, the chick fight thing's quite. I do just make me laugh. Yeah. But you are right. It's like okay, great, we're going down this dynamic again, are we? Like, fair enough. Because I, I'd have to wonder how much Chandler, especially, is playing on it. Of like, you know, you don't think I get up when like you get up, sort of thing, and or if it's serious. Yeah, and you get the sense that Chandler's not as social as Joey. Yeah. So Chandler being at home with the duck and the chick, well, at this point it's just the chick, but he's like, okay, what sacrifice is that? If you the chick wasn't here, you'd still be at home watching. Like, you know, there's no difference in no. Chandler's life. It's just the principle that he was watching the, the duck or the chick all day. Yeah. Yeah. But Rachel is now hobbling around the apartment because she's still in pain from the collision she had with Monica at the start of the episode. Um, she's trying to find some painkillers and as she pops the lid and Ross enters, the pills go all over the floor. You know, it made me think of the, it, the start scene again where Joey's like, oh my, and it's a very <laughs> George Takei uh, <laughs> sort, sort of oh my. <laughs> it's just weird. I, the, the Joey thing at the start is there's lots of times where Joey's brain just kind of goes frat boyish yes. and I'm like it's weird because he's a grown man and you should be above it but then I'm kind of like and what if you two did kiss how would that yeah. go <laughs> but I was like, like would we do the same thing <laughs> probably, like, probably not out loud no. <laughs> you probably would look and be like mm. nice <laughs> yeah, like we just share a glance like hey. yeah, yeah. <laughs> usual peripherals yeah <laughs> um, but Ross is worried about Rachel and says she but Rachel insists she's fine and demonstrates how fine she is by trying to pick up a pill with her toes which is disgusting. I hate it. Makes me feel ill. I don't want to see it. Is it because it. of a foot thing or because of the dirty floor? Both. Okay. Mostly the foot thing, to be fair, because now her foot's also dirty and she's trying to pick up a pill like some kind of monkey. Like, we've already had Marcel. We don't need more monkey shenanigans. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Um, but she almost falls backwards. Um, but Rachel refuses to go to hospital as there's an important dinner at her boss's. Um, and Rachel tells Ross to help her or just go. Um, Ross selects to leave but then Rachel asks him back before he goes, um, which is typical, you know, like, help me or leave. I'll leave. <laughs> no, please help. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't give all my ends because they're not going to go the right way. No. But then Chandler suddenly bursts in and asks if they know how to get a chick out of a VCR. That's kind of funny. Which is great. And also, yeah, so such a dated reference. Like, What's the VCR? That you're not getting a chick stuck in your streaming device. No, <laughs> I mean, no. Like, there's, there's no. There's no hole bigger. No, because it, it used to be that uh, people with cassette tapes and recorders and that, uh, especially if they had young children, like they would put toast yep. and all sorts of toys would go in because it was like a big letterbox flap. You could put all sorts of stuff in a little adventures go. Oh. And CD drives are not quite the same. People would still put stuff in there wrong. Yep. Uh, because they're, you know, a little tiny thin slot, but you couldn't really put much in there, certainly not a chick. But yeah, a chick could open the flap and it goes and it's inside a machine. I can remember being. I don't know how old, a child. <laughs> you can remember being a child. It, it was yesterday. Um, and my mum had just bought like this CD changer, hi-fi stereo thing that had like a, a five disc CD changer and it came out in like, this ridiculously large tray and rotated around when you selected the track. Um, but it was really springy on like a hint. It wasn't, probably crap build quality, I don't know, but it was kind of bouncy. Right. And every time it came out, my brain went, 
it's a diving board for Action Man. <laughs> she, she was in the garden doing something one day and I decided that Action Man was going to use the diving board from the CD player and leap onto the sofa because that's what Action Man does. Um, and she walked in as I was literally like pulling the disc tray down to spring out. It's got to be a big spring, hasn't it? She shouted so loud that Action Man hit the ceiling. I was like, ah! <laughs> I just myself. But I do remember that, yeah, you, you can buy kids all the toys in the world and they'll still find stupid ways to entertain themselves. Yeah, my, most electronics nowadays are sealed, aren't they? You can't have any fun with them. No, nope, can't. can't. No, no little bits that come off or buttons that go in or anything. It's just, here's a slab. I forget that disc trays exist my xbox has a disc tray yeah. i forget it's there well there was like a, a podcast i was listening to the other day where the the host there was saying his daughter bought some limited edition thing and it came with a, a soundtrack cd and i was like daddy what can we listen to this on and he's like i don't know we don't have anything that plays music <laughs> cds in the house anymore no it's just, it's just i mean when I first bought my Xbox and put a 4K Blu-ray into it, it had to install the Blu-ray player because it's just no one uses no. physical media. I mean, I say that, I bought a CD this year, to be fair, and I'll probably buy some vinyl. Not because I'm going to listen to it on vinyl, I'm going to stream it. Because you're a hipster. But I just want it so if I ever meet the band, I can get it signed. Oh, okay. It's better than signing a CD. That's better than you just putting it away somewhere going, mmm, vinyl. Mm, vinyl. No, don't get it. But Mark, I don't think that Chandler and Joey are created to be parents. Well, we know that after they left Ben on the bus, right? Exactly. Um, and now the chick has clambered into some technology and it's just give up, boys. You're just not cut out for it. Yeah, when it comes to pets in your house, you have to make sure they're very secure because they don't want to be in a cage of any kind. They will find a way out, yeah. like, especially hamsters. Mm. We've all probably owned a hamster at some point that has done magic tricks to get out. Yep. And, like the gaps they can squeeze through are amazing. Like their little eyes bulb out. They squeeze through. Well, when when we had pet rats, Jess and I would pop them on the sofa, and they'd like run around the sofa, and occasionally be dumb and fall off the sofa. Um, and you see the little feet patting around the wooden floor, and they would just explore. They were just they were just like, "What's over there? I'm gonna go find out." And I'm like, "They can go everywhere apart from behind the TV." So it was the one place they always tried to get, mostly because the power brick to my Xbox was obviously warm. So they yeah. would just walk their little fat rabbits over to it and try and sleep on it. And it looked like a rat's nest as well behind there. It did, to be fair. So. And it was just ridiculous. <laughs> but every time. But eventually I managed to stop them by building like a really complex Tetris-like cupboard. Right. Just like boxes and things. And I would just open that cupboard and they'd see all the like shapes and like nooks and crannies in there and go and sit in there. So that was that was it. But we had to make sure they didn't climb under the fridge. Because <laughs> there was a hole there. Oh, okay. In the skirting board. Don't know why. Landlord didn't fix it. One rat becomes many rats. Yeah, it's just, that's <laughs> yeah. a whole army taking over the building. <laughs> oh dear. Like, no one wants to live in this building anymore. You're like, damn it, kids, stop rat. inviting friends over. <laughs> that's full of rats. But yeah, they do, they do get about, to be fair. But I never lost them in any technology, to be fair. That's good. Just like pillows and sofas that they burrowed into. <laughs> so I'm, better, I'm a better parent than Joey and Chandler. There well, you go. Well done. You heard it here first. <laughs> any ladies? You heard it here first. I can look after two rats. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> Um, but Ross is now helping Rachel put her makeup on. And I'll be honest, in what is an adorable little scene, it's so cute and it makes me miss them as a couple. I just, I'm like, oh. Yeah, it reminds me of the scene from The Simpsons where Homer makes a uh, makeup shotgun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, especially if she's done like half her face quite nice and then he's just gone like whore type look. <laughs> like, you, you need big panda eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that clip. Um, but no, I do. It really makes me miss them as a couple. I'm like, ah, oh. and it also makes me think that we did not get enough cute moments with those two 
It was always either really intense, either Ross longing for her, the Mark dramas, they were on a break. And I like this moment of just being normal in each of us company. I mean, it is nice to not arguing after however many episodes we've had of that so far. It is, but I feel like when, when a relationship ends, obviously you have the initial kind of intensity of like, oh my God, upset, pain, anger, whatever. Yep. But then it is the random memories that kind of hit you. that the, bo- hit, the boring things, yeah. Yeah, they hit different. Like, oh, do you remember the day that, I don't know, we were watching TV and that pigeon flew through the window. Like you, yeah. you remember the weird little moments and that's kind of what hits harder. They're, than, they're things you can't recreate as well. Yeah. Uh, so I love this little scene and it's just cute. I'm fully heartwarmed, like, you know, soft old man. I'm like, oh. Well, until, you know, this is the whole I can see you naked at any time I want moment, right? It does escalate, yeah. <laughs> um, but not quite yet. Ross is still trying to help with the makeup. Um, but anyway, Monica finds Phoebe at Central Perk and she's all smiles as she's off to check out the restaurant with Pete. And Phoebe tells Monica she has something to tell her, but can't tell her because once Pete realised Phoebe was onto him at the restaurant or the diner, he made a promise not to tell Monica what was going on. Um, Monica tries to guess what it is. One guesses about Chandler and the sock he keeps by his bed. What could that sock be for, Mark? This is a weird American thing. It's got to be, right? Because they, they do this in American Pie where they all have... Um, I forget what's the type of sock they have that, that they wear in sports. It's like a long, long type of sock. And it's always in American teen comedies having this particular type of sports sock and you use it uh, when you're a teenage boy <laughs> for, for extracurricular activities. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's some weird American thing. Because I've never heard about it in the UK, like ever, no. just on American films. I'm certain I didn't understand this joke and completely missed this joke when I was a kid. Yes. And then posting American Pie, you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you, you get what it is. But such a weird weird line to have in there it's like why would Chandler need a sock next to his bed he's a grown man who lives in his own house if he wants to entertain himself I, I think I think it is to do with like a circumcision thing for like American men because a lot more men in America are circumcised and I think it's that reason okay the, the, the same way you see in like the films there's always like a tub of lube there and loads of tissues and whatever else like that's always the scene that you see in these these comedies. And I think that's what they're going for here. Fair. If you understand and know, please don't contact us. <laughs> don't use the contact form for this. We don't need the explanation. Ryan has his own personal yeah. email that he would like to share. I really live in ignorance right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, it's a funny sex-based joke, I guess. Yeah. If you know what to, to look out for. Because Friends does that quite cleverly, where they will say things so casually that, yeah, kids won't question it or understand it. So, yeah. guys, oh, just got a dirty sock under the bed. Whereas... The adults know. Yeah. Like, it's, oh. again, again, it's a family guy joke of like, we know what's going on, but the kids don't. Nope. Yeah, but we can escape sticky socks. <laughs> We're now back at Rachel's. Uh, and the makeover is still going on. Uh, she finally gets to look at Ross's handiwork. It's great. And Rachel is going to sit next to the transsexual from purchasing. This is not a joke that's aged well. It is not. Especially given the fact that I can't think of any transsexual people or cross-dressing people that aren't amazing at makeup. <laughs> yeah. like it's, well, you watch uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. That, that's one of your favourite shows. It is. And they can beat their face amazingly. <laughs> yeah. And then I know about some actual drag queens in real life and their makeup's amazing. I know some people who just wear makeup in general. Yeah. Uh, like straight men, bi men. Just, and they're all amazing. Like, I don't know anyone that wears makeup poorly. In fact, if anything, 
I know more cis straight women that wear makeup terribly than any other demographic by a mile. Yeah, I think this is a very 90s joke of like, you know, it's it's a man. They don't know how to put makeup on, so they just put lots of it on. Yeah. Um Yeah, so it's it's a bit of a bit of a tired joke, I guess, at this point. Uh she does not look good though. Ross has done a pretty poor job. It is very much the panda eyes, like, oh, she's not goth, she's just panda. It it looks like stage makeup to me like yes. if she was going to be in a play <laughs> she was a clown what, yeah, yes. like, that's what she looked like so you could tell what she looked like at the back yes uh, but if you're in the front row you'd be like oh damn <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah you are right it is it is a joke that it is 2022 years you kind of go oh yeah like was that a joke you needed to make like it it's you could have gone any other direction with i look terrible yeah it's punching down it's a cheap laugh like it's yeah. it's not one of the, the the best moments of the show um but rachel also needs help getting dressed now, Ross is clearly short on time. He's got a TV show to be on, uh, but he agrees to help. Okay, come on. All right, I gotta go, so good luck at the party, okay? Oh, wait, Ross, could you just stay and help me get dressed? Sure, okay. <laughs> okay, great. Um, okay, just turn around. What? I don't want you to see me naked. Rachel... I've seen you naked a million times. I ate hot fudge off you naked. I, I sucked that mini marshmallow out of your belly button. Yeah, but that was different, you know? I mean, we were, we were going out there now. It's, it's weird. Rach, you know, I can see you naked anytime I want. What? <laughs> All I have to do is close my eyes. <laughs> see? Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Come on, I don't want you thinking of me like that anymore. Uh, sorry, nothing you can do about it. It's one of my uh, rights as the ex-boyfriend, huh? Oh, oh yeah. Cut it out! Cut it out! Okay, okay, I'm sorry. It will never happen. Uh oh. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. Now there are a hundred of you, and I'm the king. Oh come on. Would you grow up? It's no big deal. All right. Fine. <laughs> Yowza! Okay! <laughs> See what you did? I'm going to be doing it by myself oh, now. Okay, my. that's it. Ow! Oh, oh my God. Ow, All right, ow, look, ow, look. Okay, ow, Rach, ow, ow. easy, easy. You have to go to the hospital, okay? Okay, I do. Okay? I really do. Okay, I'm going to get your coat, and then I'll, I'll put you in a cab, okay? Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're not going to come with me? Of course I am. I uh, just have to make a call. Okay. Okay? Thank you. This is a very funny scene. Yep. I enjoy, like, the flirting that's going on where he's like, I can see you. But he's also very creepy at the same time. He takes it a little bit too far. Oh, I'm the exact opposite. I think it's endearing and adorable all the way through. Because if she gets upset and he carries on, I yeah. think he's creepy. And he's not like, I fantasize about you naked, Rachel. Like, he's not creepy with it. He's well, he's like, this is the Perkers, the ex-boyfriend. I can look at you anytime I want. I feel like it's, it's right on the edge of teasing. And I think yeah. he straddles that line perfectly. Um, and just when he's like, oh, there's a hundred of you and now I'm the king. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a weird thing to think about that, obviously, you have seen all your ex-partners naked and you, in theory, could see them naked. It's a weird yeah. thought out of context but while teasing Rachel in this context it's really adorable and funny yeah and I did like the way she's kind of flirting back from him like oh stop it yeah, stop it. Like, yeah yes. she's clearly like, not angry at him no. she's just she's kind of seeing the fun in it I guess 
Um, but yeah, just when it's like, wow, third, it's just, it's <laughs> yes, just yeah, that, was, that was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's just stupid. But again, you know, the writers know what they're doing. They're playing on the adorable, adorableness of the duo. And they're like, oh, like, you know, long for what you used to have. Like, yeah. you know, Rachel and, you know, fan base. Like, <laughs> yeah. And we, we get this in future episodes where he's talking about his like magic hands and stuff like that. And <laughs> yeah. it's quite funny. Uh, but we're, uh, Back at the coffee shop, Monica is still trying to guess what she can't be told. Uh, she eventually guesses Pete, but Phoebe says no and nods yes. Um, yeah, this is just weird. If you've, if you've got a secret, don't be like, I've got a secret, I can't tell you, but if you guess it, it's fine. Yeah, just like when going through all this effort, you may as well just turn around and go, Pete lied. Like, like you, you're kind of an interesting person. On the one hand, you say, I'm very good at keeping secrets. And in the same breath, you'll be like, I'm really terrible at keeping secrets. Yes. If, you t- if you tell me it's a secret, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I will keep it quite well. I don't think you do because you generally do tell, tell us the secret. It's- and then other times, if you don't know it's a secret, you'll just tell everyone. Well, I have a mini tangent relating to this fact. I'm so notoriously bad, according to my family, at being able to keep secrets, that my mother, uh, would have been yesterday, went to my place of work on my day off to buy something for my siblings and didn't tell me and therefore didn't get quite a substantial discount because she thought that I wouldn't be able to make it the four days until Christmas without mentioning it. No, I don't think you would tell that sort of secret. No. You only tell juicy secrets. So someone buying a present is not juicy to you. It's not. It's, it's when it's shameful or embarrassing or you know exciting. That's when you would probably be like, You'd hint at it first, be like, no, I can't tell, it's my secret. And then eventually you'd be like, I'll go on then. If someone says, never tell anyone this thing ever, and it's a really deep, serious secret, I'll keep the secret. That's a lie. It's not. It is a lie. Because I haven't told you the deep, deep secrets. You have. And then, I don't know if I can, I think I've told you. You told us the one about the shampoo bottle. Yeah, okay, yeah, fair. (laughs) (laughs) I did swear. But that's their fault. That doesn't count. They're not in the friendship group anymore. Um, So it doesn't count. Basically, this is what I'm telling you is don't tell Ryan any secrets because he'll tell you he can keep them, but he can't. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It depends on context. There's plenty of secrets. There's plenty of things I know that I wouldn't tell people, but I am genuinely quite crap. You need to specify, though, because you can't be mad at me if you don't tell me the secret. If you tell me that you accidentally put the ketchup bottle up your bum and you haven't told me that, even if it's clearly obvious that it's supposed to be a secret to the entire universe apart from me. If you haven't told my brain that it's a secret, my brain follows it in general conversation. <laughs> so I'll be sat on the bus with my nan two days later and I go, Interesting Mark, put a, Mark put a ketchup bottle up his bum. <laughs> it would just be a story. I like the way you mentioned my name afterwards. <laughs> Maybe I'm telling more secrets now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, Mark has never put a ketchup bottle up his bum. No, I think that'd be quite sharp. I mean, they're plastic now. But, yeah. yeah, but like the, the lid's still got like sharp edges. You've got to some it, right? good clench, have you? Just shut it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you bang it on the right end. It's still safe for work. Let, let, let's move on. Where were we? Chandler and the chick are at home and they're watching Baywatch. Um, do you ever watch TV with pets? Um, I wouldn't say I watch TV with them, but they would sit there and do their own pet thing, right? I have this thing where I tried to get the cat to watch TV or look at a reflection just to see if she... Cats cats generally don't care about TV, but there was that one advert one of the cat food companies made where it had like sparkly fish and stuff like that and it was designed to get cats' attention. My cat would look at that one for sure. But otherwise, unless there's like another cat on screen, she was never interested in watching TV. Fair. I assume she's just like, oh, there's, a, there's some stuff happening. 
I've seen like clips of dogs watching tennis games and they're like, yeah. oh, he's following the ball. I'm like, is that real? Is that fake? Well, my parents had some cats that used to follow like the snooker balls. And this is when we had like CRT TVs. Yeah. And they would like follow it behind the back of the TV. They, they was convinced that that snooker ball had gone in the pocket and was at the back of the TV now. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. But yeah, no, generally, no, I never like would be like, I would prop them up and be like, we're going to watch a Disney film together now. <laughs> It's time for a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. And the cat's like, yeah. <laughs> um, but Joey gets home and is surprised to see the chick. Hey. Hey. Ooh, ah. What are you doing? I thought you were going to take her back to the store today. I did, but the store wouldn't take her back. So then I took her to the shelter. And you know what I found out? If they can't find a home for her, they kill her. And I'm not gonna let that happen, a little Yasmin. Okay, good, 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 because good, because I was kind of having second thoughts too. Okay, and it's not just chicks, you know, it's all kinds of other animals. That's horrible. Well, you did the right thing, man. Well, thanks, I'm glad you see it that way. <laughs> Oh, funny story. So, they now have a duck. Yep. As well as a chick. Bit of a weird combination, but it works. At the the same time, I was in in Florida a few months ago, and I went to this place, and we went past this place called Robert Was Here, which is like a famous landmark. It's just like on this random corner where there's nothing around and it's basically like a general store that has like all food and whatever yeah and in the back they had a farmyard nice and in this like very tiny compact farmyard they had typical cows and chickens and stuff they had some sheep had some goats okay and then they just had had some giant turtles oh like absolutely tortoises like yeah, I don't Absolute giant ones. them with farms. Uh, and they also had some iguanas also in the pen as well. And it was just like <laughs> this random assortment of animals that don't normally coexist, just like all together. Yeah. Reptiles. <laughs> so, so like ducks and chicks, yeah, kind of makes sense, but still a bit strange to, to have together. Right, but here's the controversial question of the episode, Mark. Who do you like more, the chick or the duck? Well, the thing is, the, the chick is very cute. They do not stay that cute for long. I don't know how the chick stayed a chick for so long during the whole <laughs> run of friend. I mean, he doesn't. No. Uh, he does grow up eventually, but yeah, he lasted a long time as a chick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the duck is cooler, though. Me too. The duck's just, he's got more personality. Ducks, yep. ducks are like the cats of the bird world. <laughs> the cats of the bird world. <laughs> yeah. They've just got more personality. Yeah. Plus, quack is way more fun than a cheap. Yep. Like, I would rather quack than cheap. Yeah, you feel like you could cuddle the duck. As the chick, you like... Squishy. Yeah, it's, it's very delicate. Plus, the chick becomes a chicken. Yep. And I eat chicken. I also <laughs> eat duck, but I eat duck less often than chicken. So I'm less like... But, but depending on what kind of chicken he is, whether he's a rooster or chicken, Fair. Uh, he could make you eggs. That would be good. Or she could make you eggs. Yeah, yeah she, he, he makes <laughs> me eggs. I'll be yes, impressed. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, would you have a pet duck? No. I don't, I don't think you can really do much with it. It'll just be out in the garden. You know, the main issue with those kind of animals is, as far as I'm aware, and I'm sure people will tell me we're wrong, you can't really like potty train them. No, and you can't really pet it. 
No. Like it, there's, there's again on Channel Four, they had like a documentary where they had uh, people's houses they'd visit that had all sorts of weird animals. And if they ever had like birds in the house, it's just like no, it's just covered in mess. Just it's like the dirtiest thing ever. Yeah. Because because people don't clean up and it just it's just everywhere. Because they don't wait and do it in the corner. They're just like I'm ready to go. Yeah, duck will walk across the house and go poop. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that yeah, happened. Yeah. Not good. But uh, Monica is now at the restaurant with Pete, and she's running around the kitchen, really, really excited. Uh, she hugs Pete and he sniffs her hair. I've never done that. I, I, whenever I see it on TV and they're like, take a big whiff, I'm like, who does that? Like, I've done it if I've smelt nice shampoo. Like, if someone yeah. hugs me and I'm like, oh, your shampoo is nice, but it's been like, I've smelt the shampoo. I've not gone, and like, yeah, deliberately yeah, sniffed yeah, their entire yeah, head. I go, oh, shampoo's nice. What, what's that? And yeah. then they're like, whatever. Um, yeah, sniffing someone's hair, it's not like, I don't really try to remember people by scent. Yeah. Like, if. If I've, you know, dated a girl for a long period of time and she's had, like, a specific perfume. Well, normally you'd know without having to hug her because you'd just be able to just smell it on her. Yeah, so, like, there'd be smells like, oh, that perfume smells like yeah. so-and-so. Um, but, yeah, like, sniffing someone's hair is just weird. I've never sniffed somebody. No. It's very creepy. <laughs> no. Like, there's something about scent that, that is creepy. Ooh, it smells of sweat and shame. Yeah, it's just there's something about scent that's just a creepy smell. Yeah, when it involves other people, like you either you either don't smell them or it smell bad. Yeah, because <laughs> like, well, don't they? It was in one of the episodes before where they sniff Ben's head, like these women. They're like, "Oh, this sniff his head is." Yeah, it's, it's weird. Weird, I know. Definitely weird. Um, Monica notices and realizes that he still has feelings for her. Uh, he initially denies it, but then he just tells her he loves her. Uh, Pete tells her he's the only one standing to get hurt, and he's okay with that. But Monica isn't okay with being the one to hurt him. So she turns down the job and ends the friendship. She leans in to kiss him on the cheek, but he kisses her on the lips. I hope she didn't quit her previous job yet. I mean, a kiss on the cheek isn't anything. It's, it's, it's meaningless in terms of you know, romantic intention. Well, yeah, and in certain countries, you know, like in Italy, everyone kisses everyone on the cheek multiple times as I like just a greeting, hello. Yeah, um, but I kind of feel like does kind of give Pete an opening. <laughs> like it's, maybe well, shouldn't have done it. Like, well, yeah, he one he doesn't know what she's doing. She might have been going in for a kiss, mm. or he knew. Yeah, it's a sign of affection that he's taken too far. Again, a bit like the sniffing, trying to like turn someone's head so they accidentally kiss you on the lips. It's never going to turn into something romantic if that was not their initial int- intention. No. And it's a weird, because we've talked about a lot about, is Pete, you know, toxic or whatever, and whatever, you know, phrase you want to use. Um, this is weird, because I was chatting to this episode, about this episode of other people, and they were saying that he kisses her without any kind of consent. Mm. And then we got into a debate about, like, at what point does chemistry and consent get muddled, essentially? Yeah, because you can't stop and be like, is it all right if I kiss you? Because you have killed the moment at that point. Yeah, I mean, they might just go yes and you'll carry on. Or they might say no and you'll stop. But I feel like most normal people, when that person wants you to kiss them, you, you know. And it's, yes. I can't explain how you know. Your, your brain just kind of goes, this is happening now. And yeah, there's definitely, in TV terms, there's a look or an action where you just know it's okay sort of thing. Yeah, like I don't remember like any time in a relationship where I've kissed a girl thinking like, is it okay to do it now? Like, it's not like we've been sat at the restaurant and she's off over some garlic bread and I've licked her face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're normally in, like, an intimate setting and you're like... Well, oh, yeah. at, at the same time, I think a lot of people, especially younger people, need to also learn this stuff of what the boundaries are. Yeah. 
and there were, there will be times when you are younger where yeah you will push boundaries and you know get a slap in the face or whatever because you didn't realize that's not appropriate at that time or whatever yeah and, I, and think, I think that's a fine learning thing to do but at the same time you do need to learn when is an okay time and i think some people still don't when they're adults of like yeah that woman clearly isn't into you because she has not acted in any way interested in you at all yeah but yet some people still take it as a sign that because they're nearby they must be interested yeah, I mean, for the most part, I'm very much a wait for them to make the move type of person. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, I feel like, I guess, I don't know, not to address this specifically to, to young men, but I feel like people in general, at some point, you do need to push a boundary to to see where it's going. Well, yeah, because, again, but, again I don't want to generalise, but yeah, uh, there'll be a lot of women who want the men to do the chase in, mm-hmm. and it's like they're waiting for you to... to do the right steps but also they're not going to give up anything and say you know this is what i want you to do or hint to anything yeah so i feel like it's all about do being appropriate respectful and more importantly if you push that boundary and get rejected stop Like, Like, like if you if you put your hand on their hand do they recoil with with terror and pull their hand away if they do that they're probably not interested if they don't mind it then okay you've You've gently nudged it in the right direction. Yeah, and, you know, context is key. Like, if you've drifted at a pub and you've gone, all right, love, fancy a pint? And she goes, all right, and cheers. Don't try and kiss her. Like, <laughs> no. All you've done is buy a drink. Like, yes, calm down. Yeah. You're not owed anything. Like, relax yourself. But if um, she is sitting on your lap with her arm around you and, you know, is sniffing your hair, yeah. maybe she's okay for that. Well, it's like people always talk about the episode of Scrubs where, like, something happens and he's got, like, 24 hours to do something because he misses yeah. the chance. Like, yeah. I mean, that isn't like life, but it's... It's somewhat based on comedic truth, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it is an interesting part of the episode when we were chatting about it because it hadn't really initially occurred to me when I watched it that he hadn't asked for consent. But when you think about the context, he's totally you know ye- yellow card flag on this play. Like she, that wasn't the context. She was trying to end the friendship. She was reiterating that she didn't care about him yeah. that way. And he's again, he's crossed the. He's boundary. Like, no, I'm going to kiss you because that will convince you. And it's like no, that would in real life that would never have convinced her. No, and she'd probably be wearing his right to punch him. Yes. Um, but judging from Monica's reaction, I can only assume that Pete is a great kisser as we just leave them smooch in the kitchen because clearly he does something and suddenly, you know, I can't think of an appropriate phrase, but Monica is uh, enamoured. Again, in Pete. real life, this does not happen. Like, no one is that good a kisser that they can convince you that you want to date them when you previously had no interest. Yeah, you've not kissed me, Mark, but okay. No, it's <laughs> Like, it's they're not still people like, hello, person I'm not remotely attracted to suddenly I fancy you from a kiss. Yeah. Like, there'd have to be a baseline attraction there. Otherwise, if you're not attracted to someone and they kiss you, you're going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's not like when you see a chocolate dessert and you're like, oh, I don't really fancy it. And then when you eat it, you're like, wow, this is the yummiest thing ever. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, like not all kisses are equal. Like, yeah. you know, I've definitely been kissed. And then, you know, like, to, I'm going to sound really cliche and gross now but like the world has fell away and there's definitely times where i've been kissed and i'm thinking i'm hungry it's the kettle on like you know what i mean like there's there's different degrees you know like you 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 match well with some people more than others yes but no one has ever basically been like hi ryan i fancy you and i'm like i just like you as a friend and they've kissed me and i've been like oh wait no i'm in love like well did you suddenly get 10 times more attractive (laughs) get off me what are you doing like hello it's no appropriate um but still um but we join Ross as he's walking Rachel down the hall back to her apartment, promising that you can't look fat in an x-ray, which really, really made me laugh. Um, it, I feel like the joke's stolen from somewhere, and this is definitely not the first time I've heard it. I don't know where it's from. Married with children. Don't know. I've yeah. just got a vague memories of hearing the joke before. But it's such a Rachel thing to worry about yep. that I'm, I'm all aboard. Um, 
Uh, but we, they're doing that as Chandler brings the duck out into the hall when the duck has been naughty and needs to think about what he's done. Oh, poor duck. Like the, you put so much emotion onto animals. Yeah. Like cats only have so many muscles in their face that they can't actually really smile or look sad or whatever. So then we add emotion onto it. But looking at the duck there, he's <laughs> definitely like, oh, he looks sad and sorry for himself. Yeah, Even though he's just, I'm a duck. Oh, that, I don't know what he's done. That's always thing about it. It's just, I'm a duck. Yeah, like, I'm a duck. Now I'm out here. I'm a duck out here. I just, what did he do? What is the, what has he been charged with? Has he had a fair trial? Has he had a representation? <laughs> yeah. What did the duck do, Chandler? But we, we don't get to find out. Um, but Chandler asks Ross how the thing was. Um, Rachel inquires what the thing is, and Ross just says it was a thing at the museum. Uh, but then Rachel, inside the apartment, pushes for details. And Ross explains that, like we said earlier, he was meant to be on TV, which 90s is a huge deal. I, f- I feel like they should have made a bigger point about him going to be on TV because it's such a throwaway line. And when it came around again, I was like, oh, he was going to be on Discovery Channel and he stayed back for Rachel. Yeah. And I suppose if you deep dive a bit, Ross appearing on TV in the 90s on the Discovery Channel in Ross's field where Ross's works could potentially be a completely career or an experience. Like, but also just going, I was on TV, you'd be famous. Whereas now if you was on TV, there's a million random people who get put on TV. You're nobody still. Yeah. But then you would have been known as... Ross, and he would have memes on the internet right now. Like, Ross could have been the dinosaur guy to some random Hollywood producer, and then suddenly he's brought in to consult yeah. on a movie, and then his whole life is suddenly different yeah. based on one event. But he sacrificed that event for Rachel. Um, Rachel is stunned, um, and there's a moment, like a pause, where you expect a kiss to happen, but Ross doesn't go in, and boom, Ross points go through the roof. Not even you could hate Ross at this moment, Mark. No, I feel like Ross does... He gives up an awful lot for Rachel. Like, sometimes, like stuff like this is way too much. He, he gave up something that could be absolutely amazing for Rachel, which is absolutely lovely. And while she does appreciate it, I don't think she realises how much he gave up for this nice gesture. Yeah. And it makes me think of, you know, can there be a selfless good deed? Mm-hmm. And part of me thinks, like, yeah, this could potentially be it. Okay, you could argue that he got to spend some time with Rachel and do nice things, but... I don't think Ross gained out gained anything from doing this. But that's precisely why Ross points go for the roof in my book because he may still love Rachel, but that wasn't what the evening was about. Did it have an influence on why you know like would Ross have done the same thing for Monica or Phoebe or Joey? Probably not. But tonight was about Rachel being okay and not Ross and his feelings. And you've got to respect the fact that he doesn't take try to take advantage of this sacrifice. Norm- normally he does. Yeah, it, this wasn't about trying to get back into Rachel's No, it was just him doing a nice thing for a friend. And I think by not doing that, the impact is almost like trebled in Rachel's mind Mm -hmm. because suddenly she's remembering the cute, adorable Ross that's just teased her about seeing her naked and helped her with her makeup and took her to hospital and he's done so and things. It reminds of all the reasons she liked Ross in the first place. And again, I'm an old man, but it's all adorable and warm and fuzzy and I like these tender moments between the two. Maybe it's because we get so used to the drama, like I said earlier, but you've you got to respect it because you could have tried to make a play and then would it have happened? Maybe. Well, no, it wouldn't. This is the thing. Technically, my brain's got weirdly manipulative here. It'd be really <laughs> dumb time to make a play because all you're going to get is a kiss because she can barely walk. So <laughs> you know, it's not really going to go anywhere, is it? So, you know, um, you know what's the Yeah, it, w- it would have gone into typical Ross Rachel arguing again after five minutes. Yeah, you might have even upset Rachel and completely ruined, ruined the evening. Yeah. Um, but Ross leaves, and a stunned Rachel is in the apartment, uh, and then Ross finds himself outside, alone in the hall with the duck. Uh, Ross takes a seat as Chandler comes out and asks, what did you do? 
uh, which just makes me laugh. It's like he didn't do anything other than be selfless for the woman he loves, and it's adorable. Yep. Um, and Jerry finds Chandler in the bathroom. Uh, the duck is having a swim, which is, again, bonus points for having the duck, I guess. Yep. Put the duck in the bath. Um, but they aren't sure if the chick can swim, so they pop her in the tub, and she can't swim. The Chandler scoops her out. Jerry grabs the hairdryer, and the facial expression here on Chandler is absolutely brilliant. Completely cracks me up. I, I like the way they do this, because there's clearly like a box or something that's floating in the water, but you can't see Because you can just about see the top of the water line. Yeah. You can't see this box that he puts the chick in, and then he obviously grabs it back out. I, yeah. I like just the, the way it's done visually of like, it looks dangerous, but it's actually probably very safe. Yeah, like Chandler plops the chick in, yeah. and Jerry's like, give her a minute. Chandler's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, no, let's yeah. get Yeah, not, not going to learn in a minute. <laughs> It's just Chandler's facial expression when Joey gets the hairdryer to me is, I can't leave my chick with this man. It's yeah. like this instant panic of like, what does he get up to when I'm not here? Yeah. Have you seen the guy online who photoshops his kid, like his baby, into really extreme situations? I have done, yes. And sends them to his partner. It's like, yeah. oh, how's the son? And then it'll like, he'll be, I don't know, riding a dinosaur through the back garden or whatever. Yeah. Just, it, that, that's what it makes me think of. Like, Chandler, let's go through Chandler's mind. Like, what's he doing to the chick when I'm not here? Yeah, they, they definitely would have their Scalectrics track out and then putting the chick on top or whatever and racing him around going, are you having fun? Yeah, it just makes me think Joe would be like, I'll put the chick in the oven because it's cold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know it, the guy jumps to it. It's, like, yeah. it's terrible. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. It's a, it's a strange one, right? There's The chick and the duck stuff like stays with the show for quite a long period of time. It feels very natural, but it's such a weird thing for them to just think about doing. Fair. I agree. It's just like, like, like what, okay. what does it add to the show when you're pitching this? They they have a chicken and a duck. Because I, I, they obviously they don't get rid of them for quite a long time. No, it's, it's just such a weird storyline to put in. Especially given that Friends was shot in a studio with a live studio audience, and now you've got two wild animals. Well, not wild, but two animals. Yep. And an audience. Like I imagine there were dozens of scenes where the duck just decided, "No, nah, I'm gonna fly off," <laughs> yeah. and it just kind of like ran off through a camera shot and ruined the scene yep. or whatever. Well, yeah, I think they play on that in later episodes when they're talking to like the chick and the duck, and you know, the the duck's not reacting to to what they're saying. <laughs> be, like, be a duck. It's like, I'm a duck. Yeah, whatever. Um, but but yeah, yeah, the the whole Monica and Pete stuff. Yeah, that's quite entertaining. It is. I'm glad it gets pretty much resolved here one way because I was getting sick of seeing Pete be mopey about Monica. Yep. Um, I'm like, no, get over it now. You being... reminds you of a friend, does he? <laughs> it's just stop it. Yeah. Just. It's just creepy at that point. Like he was, he was pushing the borders, and he crosses the line a little bit in this episode. But I was still like, "Right, you're being weird now, Pete. Stop, stop going to to the shop or the diner to see Monica." I've worked in places where customers have had crushes on people I've worked with, and they've relentlessly came in, and it does get uncomfortable. It does when you're telling me about them, <laughs> uh, and all the Ross and Rachel stuff in this episode. I absolutely love. I feel like this this is a great episode, purely for I guess the emotional payoff we get from seeing Mon. Ross and Rachel not screaming at each other. Yes, finally. Like, Ross slowly is starting to redeem himself after the terrible thing he did. And Rachel is not arguing and shouting and being petty about him. For So it's nice. Yeah, I think it's the first time it feels like Rachel accepts that what Ross did was hurtful, but not deliberately spiteful. And kind of they start to move past it a little bit, even if they do kind of circle around to being like oh make gooey eyes at each other it, it's still a very cute episode and it yeah it's, it's not again it's not going to be in anyone's top 10 i don't think no um and it's certainly not the most memorable you probably remember the duck and the chick for other things other than their first appearance yep but 
as we're going through and doing a deep dive, it is a nice one to see. And it definitely left me with like a, oh, I like Friends. It made me remember I care about the characters in more than just a, I'm doing a podcast about a TV show kind of way. Like these are characters that I'm, you know, I'm going to be 60 making, uh, you know, could I be any more old or whatever? Um, but yeah, it was a good episode. I like it. Good. I think that's a nice way to end the episode then, isn't it? It is. So where can you find us, Ryan? You can find us on Patreon. It's the most important place. Yep. Uh, Patreon.com for us. watching friends uh, where we need all the money. <laughs> yeah, we want, want some more patrons to help support our endeavor. Uh, you may have noticed the adverts have disappeared for a little while. They have. Um, yeah, I think we can talk about that very briefly. So we were part of the Hyprex podcast network uh, for a bunch of our podcasts. Uh, sadly, that uh, got dissolved over the Christmas period. It did. Uh, it just came to an end. So uh, I think we're going to be joining another network soon, which will be fun. It'll be headhunted. Yeah. Check us out. But yeah, it means you've had no adverts apart from our little Patreon advert in the middle that uh, I'm going to edit in at some point. <laughs> like if you did. Yeah, yeah. You didn't hear it. You know we didn't get around to that. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. Christmas. There's lots of wine and food. <laughs> I don't see any. Shh. They could think we're in some fancy. No, we're poor. we're poor because we don't have enough patrons. Um, we can so, be poor and bougie at the same time. So yeah, the the adverts, you know, they they did help to, to fund us and pay for our hosting and, you know, were, were part of the you know being funded by patron as well like you know they brought in a couple of quid every now and then that was enough to help us to do this i guess yeah but but patron is like the thing that we want to get the most support on yeah and uh, we want to support more especially going into the next year yes because um, because you know this costs money for us to do uh let alone our time you know we spend you know easily it an hour and a half to two, three hours per episode recording this, yep. then editing it. Not and that's forgetting actually watching the episodes, writing about the episodes and everything else. So uh any support you can give really appreciated helps us to to do this basically. Yeah, I mean we've still got seven seasons left. And of course, you know, if you are unable to support us in a monetary way, you can do it for free as well by just telling a friend about us. Yeah. Putting it on one of those social media. There, there's some new ones like Mastodon and Hive. Go and Post about us over on those and tell people to uh, to listen to Watching Friends. Hive, I've heard of. Mastodon, I just assumed you meant the band. Mastodon is the, the bigger one. We'll get into that off, off air. But yeah, yeah. There's, you can you can support us with money on Patreon or you can do it for free by just telling friends to listen to us. Either way, we appreciate it. Yep. Uh, where else can you find us, Ryan? You can find us on Twitter, uh, Watch Friends Pod, and on Facebook, Watching Friends. No, it's Watch Friends Pod. No, just put in Watching Friends will come up. Oh, you, you could try that, yeah? Yeah, it'd be easier. Yeah, yeah, you can try that, yeah. Uh, where else can we find you, Ryan, if they want to hear your stories and anecdotes and find out what animals you're going to buy friends? <laughs> yeah, we can. Uh, you can find me at gamehype.co.uk for all kind of gaming and nerdy shenanigans uh, with me and the guys over there. And, and this is where you ask me where you can find me? We don't want to know where we can find you. Oh, okay, we want to know where we can find the amazing fussballs. Yep, you can find Fuzzballs at fuzzballs.co. Uh, there's also fuzzballs.us for our American audience if they want stuff shipped directly from Ooh, the US. Gone international. They I can like find it. Us there. We've launched our plush toys, which Ryan is looking at now and wants to squeeze. Going to steal one. So it's a it's a little cartoony comic thing I do, and there's loads of products. There's chocolate bars and T-shirts, and now there's plush toys in retailers like HMV and Forbidden Plant and a bunch of other things. 
So come and check us out. No, they do not make a noise when you squeeze them. Well, I was hoping that Mike would pick up me squidging that <laughs> no. only one, and it doesn't. And but I'm enjoying squidging the fat rabbit. Yep. That sounds like such a bad <laughs> euphemism. But they're very. These are very cool. I've not seen them in the in the fluff before. In the fluff. In the fluff. Before. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, you can support me personally there ryan doesn't get any of that money thankfully uh and you know see what else i do besides watching friends oh should i still think ollie's based on me yes okay he likes tea and he's fat (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) it's like you're in the room with us other than being a rabbit (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh oh dear fair right cheerio from me goodbye from me as well